What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening, everybody. It is Wednesday night, November 3rd, and it's time for the Wrestling Inc. Podcast post-AEW Dynamite edition. I'm Justin LaVar, alongside my West Coast partner in crime, Alfred Cunnell. Alfred, how you doing tonight? Good from the West Coast. It's a crisp 7 o'clock, which, uh, you know, I know it's later over there, but it's great to be out here in the West Coast. Great to be on this podcast, and I'm really loving that new intro with the countdown. It really gets me jazzed up. It's the hype machine. It's all about the hype. But like anything, if there's hype... There's got to be delivery. Uh, there's got to be a follow-up. Uh, AEW tonight, they're going to have to have uh, kind of some quick hype that happens today of a, of a new opponent for Orange Cassidy. Does it deliver? We'll talk about that in a few minutes. Of course, it's the Wrestling Podcast presented by Manscaped. We thank them very much. Got some new uh, products and packaging to talk about tonight. Very exciting to do. Uh, Alfred, before we do that, though, let's go ahead and uh, touch on some news items. Uh, first coming out of the world of NXT. NXT 2.0 last night, 631,000 viewers. Uh, this is down from where they were 15% the week prior. But of course, the week prior was the uh, highly touted Halloween Havoc special. So I'm not really too surprised by this. Looks like uh, the 600,000 uh, range is probably where NXT is going to live if it's not a big special event. Yeah, it looks like it's going to hover around that 600,000 range and they're getting out of this morass of the mainstream competition from playoff baseball and a lot of sports that we're on competing against it. So hopefully better days are, are lying ahead. But I just feel like this core audience is what the audience is going to be. And if they don't have a big show like a Halloween Havoc, then they're not going to get that big turnout, which was a very impressive number that they did against the World Series with Halloween Havoc. But they're going to probably want to plan more of these television specials to really start building it on that audience because I don't think 600,000 is what they envisioned when they did away with the old NXT, which was doing much better than that, uh, even when it did have competition uh, from AEW. But uh, now with uh, this new NXT, the new normal is much lower, and I think they're going to want to have to build toward more events. Even though they are going to have a takeover, I think those television specials are going to be key in building this audience. Yeah, I mean, we see no signs of NXT being anything that's going to be relevant on Peacock. So, uh, yeah, I would think, you know, every month, every other month having a TV special, you can probably, you know, deliver some payoff, deliver some culmination of storyline. Uh, it did the uh, 0.15 in the key 1849 demo down 16% from the week prior uh, to 0.18 for the key demo. So uh, came in ranked 30 in the cable top 150. Um, again, week prior, Halloween Havoc did better coming in ranked 11. So, again, not a surprise. Uh, a lot of lot of buzz coming out of uh, some of the, the talent, though, that's being pushed in NXT. Obviously, the you know, Mandy Rose and company, Braun Breaker, really, if you just watch social, that's the buzz. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think Carmelo Hayes is doing a good job. They're really elevating him to kind of a top star status, uh, opposite uh, Champa this past week. I think there are some bright spots in this new NXT. And functionally, as a developmental territory that will bring these guys up to the main roster, I think that's going to be the value. I don't think television ratings are going to be as much the priority the more we see them settle into the 600,000 range. I think it's just going to be better in terms of cohesion, where somebody's going to get over in this old NXT, this new NXT, and then hopefully they'll be able to get over on the main roster because it's more of Vince's vision. And maybe when people see that, that people are getting over from this new NXT, maybe that will bring people from the WWE audience to NXT to see who the next big stars are going to be. Absolutely. Um, well, it's live, folks. So we're kind of troubleshooting here. Hang on. Let me, we're live. Do we have feedback? All right. So we're trying to figure out where, where the audio hiccup is. Normally, normally uh, Alfred and I are pretty, uh, pretty on point. I am hearing myself back some, though. I don't know why. Sounds fine to me, but I guess, yeah, it might be a little feedback. I can hear it on mine. I know the, the chat can hear it. I thought it went away when I took you away. Hmm. Yeah, I don't hear it now. Come on. What's the answer? What's the answer? I got I to gotta be able to do a hot tag to Alfred. You know, we can't just keep doing this. Can't keep doing this. Uh, figuring it out. NYC Demon Diva in the chat who says that Tony D'Angelo will bring the people. Yes, we were big fans of Tony D'Angelo on the Tuesday podcast. And I do believe that he will save the new NXT. It's wild. Tony D'Angelo, that's that's the buzz. That is the buzz. That is the buzz. All right, we'll see. I mean, that's at the end of the day, that's what that's there for. That NXT is there to get these get these talents ready. All right. Um, jumping over to uh, AEW. Big story that made the rounds all day today, coming off of social media, Alfred, is we had Tony Khan talking about uh, just out of nowhere. It was not even, <clears throat> not even just out of nowhere. Uh, and he puts out a tweet today and it says, John Moxley has allowed me to share with you that he is entering an, inpa- an inpatient alcohol treatment program. John is a beloved member of the AEW family. We all stand with him and Renee and all of his family and friends as he shifts the focus to recovery. Uh, so makes that statement. It sets, obviously the world gets the world attention. It's a huge bit of news, uh, but overwhelming support. Alfred from the wrestling community, which is not <laughs> something you can often say, yeah. But uh, a whole lot of positivity from fans and other coworkers in the business alike. Uh, your reaction to this? Yeah, and I've just uh, switched the audio to uh, my Yeti mic, so hopefully this solves it in terms of the feedback. Let me know in the chat. But um, yeah, it, it's very surprising in terms of how this kind of came out of nowhere. But it is encouraging in that I'm glad that we found out about. Uh, if we had to find out about Moxley's, you know, problems when it comes to alcoholism, glad we found out about it before uh, his demons got a hold of him. I think too often in this industry, we find out about people's problems with substance abuse when they've hit rock bottom. We find out on TMZ or through a car crash or through, you know, DUI or some kind of legal problem. With John Moxley, this is clearly him saying, okay, I'm going to be a new parent. You know, I've got to raise a daughter now. And so I've got to be the best version of myself possible. So for him to take the initiative and be proactive, proactive in and um, taking these measures i'm just so proud and i think it's a good thing that a guy of this stature is taking such a, a brave move to enter inpatient uh, rehab because now i think it will empower a lot of people when they do feel they have a problem uh, i do think that the wrestling industry romanticizes that partying lifestyle to where it is often hard to discern between whether or not you're just partying with the boys or whether or not you might have a problem i'm i, I kind of think of this a uh, thing that I listen a lot to the Jericho podcast and every now and then he'll make a reference to the back of the bus boys, which I think is really cool that just these guys that he drinks in the back of the bus when they're partying and they're touring. And, and it's a real fun thing. But when you think of who the back of the bus boys are, it's the Usos, John Moxley and Jericho. And just looking back on that in hindsight, seeing the struggles with alcohol that the Usos have had, that Moxley have had, this it really it, it shouldn't be treated as something that's so kind of lighthearted. And uh, it is often difficult to find out whether or not it's just partying because you're on the road or because maybe it could develop into a problem. So I, I'm just happy that Moxley is able to get the help that he needs, and I'm sure he's going to be back better than ever. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I echo and completely endorse everything you're saying. And I'll, by the way, real quick sidebar, the audio seems to be much better. So yes. whatever, whatever you did, we're good. I think it was on my end. It just wasn't feeding into my Yeti mic. My apologies, everybody. We're live, guys. It happens. It happens. But appreciate the patience. Uh, sounding clear and great now. Uh, I echo and endorse everything you just said about um, getting the help, you know, not having the – about the party and being romanticized and wrestling and the boys and the road and – uh, all of that. Um, I think what is obviously again the top story here is he's getting he's going to get help that he 
he he he needs, and that's that's great. I think another aspect of this of what is um can be taken away, uh, I guess, as a positive, you could say. We know with AEW the story's kind of been about you know when you look at them side by side the differences between how they handle things and how WWE handles things. Uh, you know AEW's they they try to be much more transparent in the sense of um, uh, just how they address issues, how they how they address um, things. And if this was in WWE, there would have been no Vince McMahon would have not been tweeting this. This would have been you know somebody would have been written off a of TV through storyline or you know this never. This just doesn't get. They just don't publicize that. And I get it. They are a public company, so there's different philosophies of uh, what you'd want to make public statements about with your talent that are your money makers about their personal problems they might be dealing with. But I think it says something about how AEW is, how you know Tony Khan, John Moxley, how they all are willing. Just let's not let let's not try to just <clears throat> find a reason to insert Miro in this match and give some injury explanation to Moxley or whatever. And then God forbid it comes out when in a way they don't want to, and it's out on. The internet is a rumor, or somebody spots them and has it on TMZ. The John Moxley scene, you know, whatever they just control it. They're, they 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 take ownership of it. And look, by doing that again, like I said, overwhelming positivity and support. Um, it just it's 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 maybe it's the best example. We can joke about other wrestling type things, but this is real life. Maybe this is the best example in AEW's uh, Dynamite's two year existence of their straightforward just head on we're going to be public and deal with it i think this might be the best example of it uh with the most positive result yeah and that's one of the things that they excel at in terms of their relationship with that fan base it's a very loyal following you're seeing the results of that and how they're just selling out a lot of these buildings in new york and uh, able to attract a lot of people to watch their product and support them is because they have they perceive to have such respect for this fan base they're not going to treat them like uh well they don't they can't know this we're, we're going to protect them from something and i think one of the problems you do see with wwe is they're not always in lockstep with the fans what the fans want is completely different with what wwe presents them and what the fans think and know is completely different than what WWE is willing to acknowledge. And that relationship often manifests itself in very negative ways with people going off script, going into business for themselves and chanting, you know, off script. And it creates an uncomfortable product. With AEW, the fact that not only did they tackle this head on by having Tony Khan announce it, later on we're going to get to this. CM Punk had that great promo discussing this. I think it shows a respect for their fan base that even when something real life creeps up, we're going to tell you about it and we're going to talk about it i absolutely agree you know aew is attacking this head on just talking about it head on straightforward well you know it head on straightforward attacking it that's what manscaped's all about that's right it's time to give some love to manscaped the wonderful sponsor of this podcast alfred tonight and every wednesday night for the remainder of 2021 we're so excited they are committed and here on board with us and they attack things head on like well you know the male grooming. That's just that's just the necessary uh, thing here. You, you know, look, our friends, Manscaped, leaders in male grooming, their fourth generation performance package. That's right, the performance package 4.0 plus body wash now available. Join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. And you're looking at two of them right now. We are proud users and clients of Manscaped. And so I'm reading off some script and talking points. I'm also reading off some of my own uh, notes and just opinions. This is a real deal. This is not me talking about something I know nothing about. Manscaped is the real deal. The refined body wash, total, total win there. It's got that scent. The ladies love it, Alfred. You got to have all these things uh, lined up right there in your medicine cabinet, in your shower, in your shaving kit. And tonight, use the code WINC20, and you can get 20% off plus free shipping by using that code at manscaped.com. I mean, again, the refined body wash, as I talked about, uh, you also have the new performance package 4.0, which inside that package has the lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, the crop preserver, the ball deodorant, the crop reviver toner, the performance boxer briefs, love them, and the travel bag to hold all the goodies. Fourth generation trimmer features the cutting edge ceramic blade technology that reduces the grooming accidents with their advanced skin safe technology. Lawnmower 4.0, 7,000 RPM, 7,000 RPM motor, a new multifunction on off switch for the travel lock. You can also have the, uh, you can also have the led light. That's right. The led light. So if you need that, you got to get up there in the angles, the led lights there for you. It is a great, great, great product to have. Uh, and did I mention it's waterproof? So it's essential for the shower, waterproof. Um, great, great stuff here. 
the, again, the boxers, I love the boxers. Comfortable as all hell. Um, but Manscaped, got the whole package, 4.0 package plus the body wash, W-I-N-C-20. Get 20% off and free shipping. Uh, Alfred Manscaped, it, it, it's it's the real deal. You can't you can't be you can't be messing around. You can't no. be you can't be using a a half-ass product when when you're on this delicate of a mission and delicate of a project. You got to use the right tools. These are the right tools. You got to go with Manscaped. Everybody knows how big of a fan I am of Manscaped as a single man active on the dating scene. And hey, it is the holiday season. So if you want to be lazy and just grow out all that hair, you're going to have to decorate it with ornaments and all that kind of stuff. Look at that. <laughs> Shave it all off, manscape it, use a lawnmower, use some of these great products. I wish everybody knew how great these smelled and the wonders that they did for my nether regions. Uh, Manscaped is the greatest product in terms of shaving down there that you will ever find. And I'm a huge fan. This is a shoot. I'm a huge fan of Manscaped. They sent me this stuff just as part of a promo, and now I swear by it. Yeah, lawnmower 4.0 trimmer helps reduce the nicks, helps reduce the risk of ingrown hairs, uh, reduces the risk of grooming accents. Uh, We got enough things to worry about in our day-to-day life. You don't need to be worrying about uh, gigging yourself, all right? Just don't need to be doing. Don't 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 need to go hard way here. Um, just not not the case. Manscaped.com. Use the code WINC20. Twenty percent off plus free shipping. We thank them as always for all the love support uh, for this podcast. Uh, super chat here coming in from Hojo to go. Belinsky five dollars. Alfred, suit up. You are backing up. J Love, be in the Chief Stadium. We need help. Wrestling note, hoping for Mox to come back strong. Yeah, uh, interesting time in the Packers world today. Yeah, you know, uh, AEW Dynamite aired from Missouri, and uh, I might need to go to Missouri to be an emergency quarterback. <laughs> Matt LaFleur, Coach LaFleur, I'm here if you need me. But, Hojo, remember, we've been through this dance before. I'm not scared for my Packers. We beat the best team in the NFL on the road with half a team, and we could do it again with Devontae Adams back with that strong running game. Jordan Love impressed me in the preseason. Matt LaFleur is coach of the year until further notice. The Chiefs defense is really, and I think we put that cover two up there, and we stonewall Pat Mahomes. Green Bay Packers, 30. Kansas City, 24 in overtime. You heard it here first. Okay. And you I love think Matt LaFleur's coach of the year? We're, we're halfway through the season. Let's just relax. Uh, <sighs> Let's relax. I love like like Blake Bortles is like out golfing somewhere, and all of a sudden he's trying to make the turn, and he gets a phone call. Like, hey, you're playing quarterback. <laughs> you remember the playbook, Blake? Yeah. <laughs> we got this. Oh boy! All right, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, this weekend can't be too bad for me because Washington's on a bye, so I can't get yes. but so disappointed. Uh, that does help. That's really <laughs> it. Really does. One loss record. It really does. All right. Let's go to the show me state of Missouri for AEW Dynamite tonight. Uh, making their debut in the uh, in Missouri, I believe, in the Kansas City area tonight. I believe they're in uh, St. Louis for a live Friday rampage, uh, which will be uh, which will get some mentions here tonight. Uh, we kick it off with the champion, Kenny Omega, up against Alan Angels, or five. And uh, they keep referencing how these two guys had a match uh, about a year and a half ago. This is one of the matches, if you recall, Right at the early part of the pandemic, when uh, I, I think this is when AEW moved a big block of shows to, and they ended up filming um, at Cody's Nightmare School, yeah, uh, is when this happened. And so they had a match, and it was a match where they let you know Alan Angels really got uh, you know some love in this match. He took Kenny, uh, it took Kenny, you know, more to the distance than you'd expect somebody like you know unknown at the time. Alan Angels would uh, one of the the, the the pillars, one of the EVPs of the company. Uh, so they're really playing off that. They're also playing off the fact that how now the Dark Order. Hangman Page, they have you know such a friendship, so this might be a match where Omega wants to send a message to Hangman Page. Uh, but Angel also really looked like he has Omega's number uh, several times. As they note uh, again at a very competitive match, but it's going to end when Omega's going to hit several V triggers on Angel as Angel's going to hit up against the ropes. Uh, so that's going to be the win for Kenny Omega. And then after the match, he threatens to hit the one winged Angel on the chair. Out comes Hangman Page. Uh, he gets in the ring. Kenny Omega sliding out, and uh, after getting getting the buckshot lariat and then uh uh says you got to hold on to that title tightly you got 10 more days of course 10 days until full gear when the long-awaited match between ha- uh, hangman adam page and kenny omega uh, alfred I-, I know we're still 10 days out so it's not a prediction show just yet but is this the night is this the night that hangman page finally captures the AEW world title it has to be and you even kind of hinted toward that by saying finally captures it i think we're at do or die territory with hangman adam page and they've been doing it wonderfully in terms of him coming close and not being able to do it losing his confidence it's all part of the story all part of what i feel is a long-term plan to get him this title 
And I do think that Hangman Adam Page is a guy in terms of being a hot baby face. Uh, Kenny Omega has had that title for a very long time. He's had a very successful title reign. And it's time for um, Hangman Adam Page to win. And so I, I loved everything they did here. It's weird with Alan Angels because he's not necessarily somebody that they push. Um, you know, we don't see too much from Alan Angels. But this is the formula for getting a baby face over who's up and coming like what they did with Jungle Boy. Where, and even Darby Allen, you come closer and closer to beating a big name, uh, but you just don't get it done. So I like that they're doing that with Alan Angels, but uh, if, if they would just tell us more about him and feature him more, I think it would be better for his case in terms of getting over doing this. But they had a great match, and I do expect Hangman Adam Page to win at full gear. Yeah, I, I think he has to. I mean, you know, we've you know, we seen it obviously before in the wrestling business. Uh, nobody's, you know, like I always think back to Braun Strowman and the WWE side of things. You know, you, sometimes you have that baby face. You don't want to rush the baby face to world title, but you also don't want to sit on it. You know, if the audience is feeling it, and they have certainly feeling that Hangman Adam Page, you know, they will chant cowboy shit. They've been, you know, they, they you know, when they, they know when they want to see him. Obviously, he took a little bit of time off for the birth of, of, of a child. So it's like he's healthy. You know, you know, birth of a new child's happened. He's healthy. Fans are still into it. Everything's lined up for Hino Omega. It's like, this is it. Pull the trigger. If they don't do it here, then I would be, you know, I'd be really surprised. And at that point, I'm going to go, okay, well, if he's not getting the title now, I guess he's just not getting it at, at all. Yeah. Uh, and you said Omega's had a long run. He's done a lot with it. Uh, would be good now to get it back in a baby face. You certainly have no shortage of, um, of fresh matchups that, that a hangman page could entertain as world champion, both heels and faces. So, uh, yeah, it seems like this is uh, lining up. And, you know, when people feel like this is a big moment, when they feel like it's a big time to uh, usher in a new title reign, that could be, you know, what helps helps the buy rate for a full gear of, I think it's going to happen, but you got to tune in to see it, uh, in fact. So. We will see. Uh, another man that we're hoping that we see at uh, Full Gear, he makes reference to it, but uh, he's going to take care of business maybe prior to that, is CM Punk. CM Punk comes out. Of course, it's the CM Punk uh, return to wrestling tour that continues. So he comes out to a huge pop, probably pop of the night. Uh, before he gets into his storylines and his opponents, uh, he makes reference to John Moxley. And he talks about how Moxley is not there for a legit reason. Uh, he talks about how he and, he and Moxley, they've known each other, they have history, they're not the best of friends, but he certainly has respect for him. And talks about he really respects John Moxley for stepping away for right now, taking some time off to get the help that he feels he needs. Punk references that he's been at points in his career. Of course, we all kind of know right the time frame he's speaking of, of where he just felt he had to just keep going and keep going. He couldn't stop and he had to wrap up injuries. He had to miss important dates of, of personal life things and what have you, all because it's just what he had to do and he had to be a tough guy. And eventually he realized it's okay to step off the hamster wheel. It's okay to ask for help and do what you got to do. So really given... Uh, a huge kind of personal endorsement. This did not feel at all at anything of script. This felt like, hey, Tony, I'll do the stuff about Kingston. But before I get to that, I really want to have a minute to say this about Moxley. Got the entire crowd chanting Moxley. Um, a huge endorsement from a guy of CM Punk who is a, you know, who's very well vocalized. He's a straight edge guy, no drugs, no alcohol. And here he is publicly saying, I'm proud of this guy for saying that he needs some help. He needs help with uh, his alcohol addiction. Yeah, and CM Punk had to kind of address this. He is the most real person in terms of how he cuts promos and how he's willing to address the elephant of in the room week after week. And I thought he did a great job with this material, uh, towing that line of first getting very real and talking about John Moxley and then transitioning into Eddie Kingston. I thought he did a great job with this material that he was given and making it his own. And uh, I will say that Pro wrestling is often and most, not always, uh, it is always the reflection of society and what's going on in society. And I think through this John Moxley storyline, we're seeing a lot of that in terms of we are now at a point in society that I think is a very, very progressive step forward in that we are not stigmatizing mental health issues the way we did in the past. It's a very new thing. But in all kinds of organizations in, in life, you're seeing that people are not afraid to speak up about mental health or any type of substance abuse that they may have. We were talking about football earlier. There's a player, Calvin Ridley, one of the best receivers in the league, who he's stepping away from football because of mental health. And just like Moxley, a lot of people are supporting him, whereas I think a couple of years ago, people would have been trashing him because, oh, my fantasy football team, this, that, and the other. But we are in a new time. And I think AEW is doing a good job reflecting what's going on in mainstream society of uh, mental health issues or whether it be substance abuse and uh, how you can tackle them head on and, and it's okay to ask for help. I really like that message. Well, and that's true um, as society, as you just said. I, I think, well, again, getting back to just to pro wrestling, um, I think like you alluded to it earlier about, you know, uh, the, you know, riding the road and everything. You know, it used to be, you know, 30 years ago in a wrestling locker room, if there were 40 guys in a locker room, you know, 
at least 35 of them are drinking and, and doing something else, sure. right? You know, I mean, you're a needle in a haystack if you're the straight edge guy, if you're, if you're the one that's usually the DD or whatever. Because that, that was just, you know, that, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, that was just, that was the culture. That was what it, you know, that was what the expectation was. Um, you know, now through guys like CM Punk, through unfortunately uh, everybody having to learn the hard way emotionally of losing so many guys and girls from that era because of the lifestyle they led. Uh, there's a general more awareness. Now I'd say, you know, you walk into a wrestling locker room. Um, I, I would say the ratio is, 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 is it's not flipped to, to the extent that I just said of 35 guys out of 40, but I would say it's at least half and half of guys and girls who maybe they're not straight edge, but they are far more health conscious, whether that be what their vices are to obviously their diets, to their workout regimen, just to, you know, to their just lifestyle of who they're hanging out with. Uh, so it's good to see. It's, it's unfortunate what it takes, but it's good to see that just the general awareness and culture shift that has happened. Um, real quick, before we get back into the rest of Punk's promo with Kingston, uh, I just want to, while we're talking about them, just to wrap up the Moxley talk uh, for the episode, uh, do you think, because it didn't happen tonight, he wasn't out there very long, but do you think AEW takes a break from the Cowboy Hangman page always slamming beers or slamming a drink? Oh, that's, I mean, I think they've been kind of stepping back from that lately because he does appear with alcohol here and there, um, but he wasn't like pounding them the way he was like pre-pandemic when, uh, you know, every week he's like sharing beers with the fans and just kind of drinking them. And I think they did kind of cool off on that. And yes, I do think moving forward, it's not going to be something we see as much with this Hangman character, both because of the John Moxley thing and because I think he's kind of alluded that that was more of his confidence issues. He was drinking like that because he wasn't believing in himself. But now we're seeing the evolution of this character who does not need to be constantly drinking. So I, I think for multiple reasons, uh, it would be wise to move away from Hangman Adam Page drinking like that. Yeah. All right, so back to Punk. So he then the segues where, okay, Mox is not here, and he completely respects and understands why Mox is not here. He says Eddie Kingston's not here because Eddie Kingston's scared. Uh, of course, let's talk about Eddie Kingston who interrupted Punk recently. Um, so he talks about uh, Kingston, how he's not sure you know, what, what beef is in Kingston's head in terms of being a tough guy, but he wants an apology, and he's going to ask for it this Friday in St. Louis uh, live for Rampage. Uh, people even alluded to, like I say, they said they were chanting, fight him, and full gear and, and punk said maybe that maybe that could happen he's like but really but we're we might settle this before he's like i want an apology I, maybe it won't get to that i want to apologize friday and punk even put a little bit of heat on kingston for saying uh you know maybe i should be you know punk said <clears throat> you know i could have filled that spot that moxley just vacated in this tournament and you could have seen potentially me and brian danielson and, and, and you know gets the crowd hyped up that he goes but because i got to handle this business with kingston first it's not going to be me. So he kind of even puts heat on Kingston for yeah. how they how they decided to book uh, the audible of of of, of, of Moxley uh, taking time off. I thought that was kind of clever and his parting words. It really was clever, but I felt like Punk was a little heelish in how he went after Eddie Kingston because that is kind of a heel tactic. Like you people could have gotten this, but no, Eddie is the reason you should be mad at Eddie. And then also demanding an apology is kind of a heel trope. So, and these people are only going to boo Eddie Kingston so much. As much as they loved and adored CM Punk and chanted for him, the second he went after Eddie Kingston, I could feel a little bit of a shift in that crowd to where, yes, they'll support CM Punk, and if he's getting heat on Kingston, they'll boo that. But I just feel like this crowd and any AEW crowd is only going to go so far in booing Kingston because he's like the spiritual leader of AEW. And, you know, it's such a great promo. It's such a great story that he's just always going to be this everyman who I think every Everybody sees themselves in. Uh, yeah, that, that'll be interesting. You know, it's a live crowd, so we're going to hear the crowd as it is Friday. So we'll we'll have to be, um, you know, ears perked up to hear what the dynamic is there. Because uh, I would agree, this is going to be in terms of since Punk's, um, you know, arrival. Uh, God, I guess come up about two and a half months now, two and a half months ago. Eddie Kingston is the most admired by the fans of the opponents. Um, that, that, that punk is really standing I, I think really standing opposite to in terms of you know fighting so yes. we'll see how that goes all right so then we get a backstage brawl that bleeds out into the crowd or out of the crowd and then into the the ring and staging area uh christian and uh jurassic express fighting all over the place with adam cole and the young bucks this one gets crazy um christian and jurassic express really getting the better of them to the point where they have adam cole just they're beating him up on the stage uh Luchasaurus is choke slamming one of the bucks onto Adam Cole. Uh, really, a, a message being sent here by the you know, the babyfaces getting an upper hand. Uh, of course, as we uh, build to you know more chaos and fights, 
uh, between these two groups. Uh, what did you think of this? This is a very chaotic feeling yeah. of a segment. Uh, we get another one of these in the second hour, which we'll get to. But how did this one come off to you, Alfred? Uh, very surprising that they went all the way in doing the concerto on Adam Cole. And, I mean, we saw the big angle done with Jungle Boy to kind of write him off, where they really did a number on him and threw him through the table off the stage. So I didn't think we were going to see him maybe in, even until the go-home show. But the babyfaces got all their heat back and then some. So it's almost yeah. like, well, then what are we now building toward? Like, uh, do we want to see the heels get their comeuppance uh, the other way to where now they're getting revenge on the babyfaces? Or it was very strange to see such a violent beatdown of heels i was just waiting for the rest of the elite to come out and you know this get broken up before they can get that comeuppance but i mean they got it on free tv 10 days before the pay-per-view yeah uh, the, uh, yeah I, I agree um i'm also you know we didn't see it as much tonight because you know we didn't get the adam cole entrance and <clears throat> there wasn't a match but I, i've been thinking about this and i wanted to bring it up i i'm i, I know AEW blurs the lines and the fans play along they don't hijack the show they don't throw beach balls around they, they, they you know they play along and part of it is they play along because aew does listen and acknowledge them having said that if aew listens and acknowledge them i wonder how long they can really expect the fans to be so engaged and into adam cole's entrance and the baby and so happy that adam cole is here in aew getting utilized to the fullest not being relegated as a small guy on raw or smackdown how long they can expect the fans to engage that way and still accept him to be booked in a heel faction and i know some AEW fans out there are going oh justin you're so WWE." you know you know we do we already do it with the bucks we appreciate the bucks we boo them and we have to boo them. i get it but I just, I just wonder at what point are you doing yourself a disservice to where put this guy out there and put him in a position where he is supposed to be getting cheered I will say that AEW does seem to be on a path toward turning Adam Cole babyface. I saw this. I did not realize this when it was happening, but uh, somebody tweeted out a video showing kind of a subtle tension between Adam Cole and Kenny Omega where Adam Cole was waiting to get tagged in and Kenny Omega looked at him and then just completely blew him off and tagged in the Young Bucks. And that's kind of a story they've been telling on Being the Elite uh, where there's tension between Adam Cole and Kenny Omega and this is going to boil over. Uh, hopefully they don't take too long, but I think AEW realizes this guy is really getting cheered as a baby face and uh, we need to capitalize on that. So I do think that they're going to head in a direction where it's Adam Cole and Kenny Omega at odds with Adam Cole becoming the baby face. Good. Yeah, I think I think you have to. That's I think that's like the right way to go about this here. Um, all right, coming up next here, we get FTR versus Aerostar and Samurai Del Sol, the former uh, Kalisto, yes. back in his uh, back in his origins, back in his original name and mask. Uh, this is a very fun match here. Um, don't know what Jim Cornette's going to think about it, but it's a very fun match. Jim Cornette's going to love the fact that FTR is using the Midnight Express's theme. I think Jim Cornette's going to pop for that. Uh, of all the things he says about AEW, he loves FTR. They're very old school, and I do think he's going to love the fact that they carried on the legacy of one of the all-time underrated theme songs in the Midnight Express. Yeah, a very fun match here to watch between these two clash of styles. Uh, of course, FTR is on a uh, collision course to go up against the Lucha Bros uh, at full gear, I believe. Uh, this is going to be a win for FTR once they do a uh, they they went up doing a reversing uh, of a roll up and uh, use the ropes for some leverage. So FTR gets the win, but I thought this is nice. Put out you know put out Lucha Brothers light, if you will, uh, and, and an era star and Samurai Del Sol give them some shine, give them some TV time. Uh, but you know again letting it be kind of like the, the tune up match for FTR as they get ready for the mass luchas of of of, um, of Ray Phoenix and 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 Pentagon. Yeah, and I was in the building for Kalisto's main roster debut after WrestleMania 31, and he tore the entire building down, and people were chanting Kalisto, and I felt like ever since then, he's never really uh, gotten this chance to just let loose the way he did that night when they were really trying to showcase his full arsenal of offense, and we saw that version of Kalisto tonight. That reminded me of that, and so I thought he looked great in there, and this was a very fun match. FTR is incapable of having a bad tag team match. I recommend you go and look at their match against Waves and Curls, which I got this sent to me. I think people thought that I would be mad about Waves and Curls team. I think these guys are hilarious. Uh, watch the match between FTR and Waves and Curls. A lot of comedy and a lot of fun. It is true. FTR can't have a bad match. They're they're just so sound. I mean, and they and then they've shown it in their career, WWE or AEW. They can work with anybody. Yeah. They can work and make any match. I mean, they can do the old-fashioned cut the ring off in half, you know, heat, 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 you know, tagging in and out. I mean, they can do that old formulaic. They can work the bucks. They can work the, the, the high-flying style. Uh, I mean, they, they, they really kind of – I mean, they're, they're such a great asset to have uh, if you are trying to keep a tag division 
um, competitive. You know, WWE does go and they're 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 very Jekyll and Hyde with do they care about tag teams this week or not? Uh, but AEW certainly has been trying to put emphasis on the ta- they always put emphasis on tag wrestling. They have, in fact, you get more multi man matches and tag matches and whatever than you do get singles matches. So FTR is a huge asset to have for them. Uh, super chat from Hojo to go Belinsky five dollars possible undisputed eras faction in AEW with O'Reilly contract expires soon. Yeah, a lot of uh, chatter about, uh, of course, as as old NXT stars and their deals uh, start to run up. Yeah, it's very possible. We, 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 you could re- I don't know if they're going to do that, but it's very possible. At least maybe they'll do it on being the elite or something. I don't know if they'll roll it on Dynamite, but it's very possible. Yeah, we could have Undisputed Era all under uh, Tony Khan contracts uh, within the next year. Yeah, I think that would be the value in bringing in uh, Kyle O'Reilly is if you did reunite the Undisputed Era, because I don't know if they need a Kyle O'Reilly there. Uh, the only thing I think unique in terms of having him as Bobby Fish there as well is going back with Adam Cole and maybe doing a rehash of the Undisputed Era. But, you know, I'm, I'm not sure if we they're going to be able to live up to what they did in NXT because it was you know so long and it was such a kind of iconic faction. But it would be something very interesting if they were to do it. Well, especially as you just talked about, if we are heading towards Adam Cole breaking off from those guys, if yes. he's gonna, if he's going to need backup, I don't know if that's AEW style. If they would want to completely take, basically take the same faction that that was that was a WWE creation, put it together. I don't know that that would be interesting to see if they would want to acknowledge such. Um, so we'll wait and see. But yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of it, the rest. I mean, twenty twenty one has not been disappointing. We still got two months left. Twenty twenty two is going to be no less, no less dramatic. I I can forecast that all right up next we get a big in-ring uh showdown of the mic inner circle they're going to choose what members of american top team for the minneapolis street fight in uh, <laughs> 10 days at full gear uh this is kind of cool we get uh you know we get you know dan lambert he's he's offering up the menu of scorpio sky and ethan page and he's giving the introductions to the mma portion of the menu uh aubrey edwards runs down a contract to the inner circle for Jericho and them to pick which members they're going to have. And then kind of like, uh, you know, kind of like the same way that uh, the same way that the LT's NFL all all pro team picked which of their money incorporated guys they're going to have a problem with, (laughs) you know, (laughs) to talk and Chris Spielman couldn't get along. Mongo and comma couldn't get along. We kind of get that's I don't know why. 1995 WrestleMania 11 reference is what this. That's a perfect reference. I did not think about that until you brought it up, but that's exactly what this was. So we get Jake Hager. He calls out Junior Dos Santos. Uh, makes note of uh, of Dos Santos. I believe he makes note of Dos Santos uh, losing in 71 seconds uh, in the uh, in the MMA world. So uh, trash talks there. Ortiz calls out Andre Arlovsky. Uh, so we get a little uh, trash talking there. Uh, Paige Van Zant. She steps in. She doesn't need a guy to fight her fights. Correct me if I'm wrong. She enters herself in this match. Is that correct? Did she enter herself? No, entered her. I'm sorry, entered herself. Yes, yes, she did submit herself (laughs) in saying that she could take on all five guys at once, which, you know, led to the obvious. She could take all five. Obvious joke there. Uh, uh, Jericho makes note of go ahead and put it on your OnlyFans. Um, (laughs) So, Paige Van Zandt. And then Jericho also calls out Dan Lambert, who who a minute earlier had said how he's the original America Top Team member. Uh, so Jericho doing what you got to do. Of course, when you have this, you got to put, you got to put the manager in there to get his. Uh, it's you know, it's it, it referencing Jim Cornette. It's tale as old as time. The manager's right. got to get in there. So Dan Lambert's gonna be part of. This. So help me keep score here. We have Junior Dos Santos, Arlovsky, Page, Van Zant, Dan Lambert. That's four. I don't think Paige entered. I think she volunteered like that she could, but instead of picking Paige, the final one was Dan Lambert. Okay, so it's so, so it's Judo Dos Santos, Arlovsky, Dan Lambert, and then Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, because okay, I don't I would, think she was officially was entered into the match. Okay, well, I mean, I, it kind of sounded like she was, and I was like, I'm gonna do a little mixed gender here, but yeah. uh, no, all right, but I guess still giving her some credibility. So if she does get involved, uh, she's not afraid of any of these guys. So yeah, so there you go. So Dos Santos, Arlovsky, Lambert, Sky. Uh, page up against the inner circle. Uh, this one, I, <laughs> I can't wait to see. Dan Lambert is not disappointed on the mic, Alfred. I can't wait to see the bumps. Oh, he'll be he'll be great as a cowardly heel, constantly tagging out and hiding behind his goons. I thought Paige Van Zandt stole this entire segment in terms of just 
just on the mic, very good. You know, for somebody who has never had that type of promo time to stand and deliver with one of the greatest. I mean, one year, Chris Jericho was voted WWE.com's greatest talker of all time, which, I mean, he's up there in verified here. I don't know about the greatest ever, but for Paige Van Zandt to just stand and trade with a guy of that caliber, I thought was very good. She's very promising in terms of being a wrestler. She's got everything um, in, in terms of somebody who could be a legit money-drawing wrestler in that uh, AEW division. I will say, my problem with this segment is Dan Lambert, because you're right. This is kind of a trope where you kind of expected them to drag in the manager in this. But Lambert did not have to announce, I am part of America's top team, because then instantly you knew where this was going, that, oh, okay, if he's a member, he's announcing his eligibility. So it's just yeah. me waiting for Jericho to pick him. Had he not said that, I, I think a lot of people would have been properly swerved by the fact that Dan Lambert was going to be announced uh, as the final participant, which is what the segment was designed to do. So I don't like Dan Lambert coming out and announcing himself as a top team member because it really kind of blew the whole surprise. And from there, I was just kind of waiting for them to get to that. No, that's fair. Uh, it makes me wonder, um, was that scripted for him to do so, or did he did he feel the need right. to do that? And, and to your point, did he just, you know, did he just kind of blow the – blow or, or at least – uh, lessen the um, the swerve, so to speak. Lessen right. the big pop. Lessen the big moment. Maybe, but nonetheless, uh, it, it, this should be fun. This will be fun for Full Gear again. Looking forward to seeing the bumps. Um, you know, Dan Lambert is obviously a fan, you know, a super fan of the business. Uh, I'm sure he's going to be, uh, you know, just a little kid and you know, with whatever opportunities that he gets, whatever they ask him to do here. So it's going to be fun. It will be fun. Will be fun. All right, we get some women's action here. This is, of course, uh, part of the uh, women's tournament. Anna J versus uh, Jamie Hader. This is going to end with a uh, Rebel and Britt giving some distraction. Hader with that short arm clothesline for the win. Uh, after the match, we're going to see Ty Conte. She's going to come out and she's going to take down all three. She's going to knock down Britt, knock down Hader, knock down Rebel. Uh, going crazy, and then after that, the numbers game will start to take advantage of her. And then Thunder Rosa comes out to try to even the odds up here. So, uh, Hater advances. Um, yeah, Thunder Rosa's her next opponent, I believe, right, in the tournament? That's uh, Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so she came in. and Maybe they'll do a six-woman tag or something like that beforehand uh, to get us ready for this match. But I thought the after what they did with Ty Conti was pretty sloppy in terms of them seeming like they didn't know who was going to go next. And then the punches that she did on Britt, they saw on camera where she was clearly missing her. So I wasn't their best work in terms of women involved. There are a lot of talent in the ring, but I just felt like they were all off a little bit for that post-batch scrummish. Yeah, I agree. I, I think um, it, whether this is true or not, this is what it came off as. It came off as this did not get the attention to detail from a producer or from right. whoever. It just felt like this was they knew roughly what they were going to do, but they just, yeah, they, they just weren't, they weren't in line when they, they, there was a little bit of sloppiness. Uh, you know, point still gets across. Obviously the tournament goes on. We, you know, and, uh, you know, heels keep their heat. Obviously it gives you a little bit of, okay, we can look forward to Thunder Rosa and, and hater, but I, I agree. It was, it was sloppy in some of the execution, but, uh, doesn't take away Brit and company, especially Brit still, uh, just, just over like Rover when it comes to being that heel, that, that bitch. Absolutely. Heel. Well, if you're talking heel, here comes the other chaotic segment <laughs> of the night. So MJF comes out, and he's addressing Darby Allen. Darby uh, is sitting in the crowd, and MJF says, you know, Darby, I mean, you know, we're, we're the pillars here. We're pillars. We're guys. We don't need to sweat over these big-name signings that are coming in. Our jobs are safe. We know it. We, we, you know, we're, we're there. Uh, but then he begins to talk about, though, he's like, you know, how the people cheer you, but they boo me. And he says, that's because... I'm everything they're not. I, I'm what their boss is. I'm I'm the perfection they can never attain. Darby, you're a misstep. You're an outcast. You're a misfit like the rest of these people. Then he goes on to talk about how he's a better wrestler than Darby. Talks about how in the past there might be great talkers in the business, but they can't wrestle. But MJF says he's going to wrestle and be better than Darby. Darby is just so headstrong, full of emotion. He won't be able to settle down and actually win a wrestling match. Darby says, you're right. I am all those things. And I'm going to surprise you. I'm going to keep cool, and I'm going to wrestle you at full gear because tonight I'm going to let the anger out. So then Darby proceeds to make his way towards the ring. As that's going on, MJF uh, then is getting cornered on the other side of the, of the arena. But here comes Sting leading uh, a band of minions dressed in black. They're then attacked by Sean Spears and Wardlow. Camera kind of misses it. So now we've got an all-out brawl of chaos at the, at the ramp. Meanwhile, MJF and Darby... They're fighting in the crowd. It's capped off by a hell of a spot that, again, 
a little bit of, you know, I mean, talk about needing some crowd control. Darby has MJF placed up against the barricade and proceeds to run the length of about half of the court of the arena floor, clotheslining MJF. He and MJF just catapulting into the ringside area. Brutal as all hell. Uh, this was chaotic. Cameras were missing stuff. But I kind of gave it a pass, Alfred, only because this feud feels so personal. And obviously they talk about Darby and his family and, and personal stuff. I kind of felt like, you know what? The camera missing some stuff kind of felt like this is the chaotic nature of watching like cops or watching live crime drama unfold. You don't know what's going to happen next. Yeah, like a happy accident. I, I kind of agree with that, especially because there were two different brawls going on at the same time. So, of course, they're going to have trouble catching up with all of it. And that does feed into the chaotic nature of what we saw. So, yeah, yeah, you didn't realize it only because you heard this loud chair shot and you didn't see what was going on. Yeah. And so they had to fill you in. So that's the only reason that it kind of stood out like a sore thumb. But other than that, I didn't have too much of a problem with this segment and how chaotic it was. And I actually love this thing that AEW is doing. It used to only be a John Moxley special where for weeks he would cut a promo kind of talking about what the frame of this match would be this is what i'm going to do to you but they've done that with a lot more of the wrestlers now and you're seeing that with now they're framing this match as this is going to be a wrestling match you're not going to see crazy darby allen jumping off barricades or whatnot i think the story of this match is going to be there's going to be some spots where darby is tempted to do something crazy and then stops himself says no i'm going to out wrestle this guy and that's fantastic makes me want to see the match which is a great way to frame a storyline and why mjf's promo is so good because it framed what this match is going to be and i think AEW does a good job of that they did this with miro and eddie kingston where they talked about miro's neck and he said i know you have a week next so i'm going to go after that so i'm expecting a wrestling match and i think it's going to be a great storytelling storytelling i agree you know and i've been um yeah i've been critical of AEW in the past sometimes with the you know, maybe lack of attention to detail with some production things or missing things or what have you. Uh, you know, WWE is very polished. WWE rehearsal stuff. WWE has also been around for you know fifty years longer. Right. Um, but sometimes being too polished for the wrong segment does take something away. And so in this case, I think this is where, like you said, happy accident. Um, but yeah, I agree. the The whole story of can Darby harness the rebellious side of him and out wrestle MJF, I think is a great story to have. It's also what needs to, I think it's probably a story that needs to help elevate Darby to that next level. You know, uh, if, if Darby is going to be a guy who they eventually ever put a, a world title belt on, or if they ever think they could actually run with him as a top, top star, you know, he needs to have this other dimension that can be uh, delivered. So I think, you know, this is going to, this, this might be the match I'm looking forward to most yeah. uh, at full gear with this story considered with the, the continued teasing of who's MJF's best friend now is at Sean Spears or where's Wardlow stand. I, I think there's a lot of fun dynamics at play. Yeah. So we'll keep an eye on that. All right. Two matches to go. Second to last match here is Andrade El Idolo versus Cody. First time ever at any ring at any promotion. These two guys have ever faced off. So here you go there. Uh, Cody getting the booze. Uh, Andrade getting his fair share of cheers just because he's beating up on Cody. Uh, at one point here, Cody goes for the dive to the outside. FTR appears from under the ring, hits Cody with the world title belts in the head. Cody then rolled back inside. Andrade hits a finisher. Um, so we have Andrade, who uh, some some money's been exchanged. He's, he's acquired some services of, of some assistance. So that's playing out here. Uh, after the match, as, as, as FTR and Andrade, they're all standing over top of Cody, beating up Cody. Uh, Arn and Tully end up having a standoff. Then the Lucha Brothers hit the ring. They're beating up on FTR. That got a little sloppy and miscued, but hey, again, it is what it is. It's all there to to, to build to the pay-per-view match. Um, I, I, the Cody thing continues to be fascinating. The booze and all. Uh, I, I I will say I'm not. I didn't love. Um, I didn't love all the execution of what went on here. I also don't know if I love the Andrade paying for services of FTR. I, I think it's already hard enough to kind of keep track of who's aligned with who. And I'm getting better and better at it, just accepting that's just everybody's associated with somebody, except CM Punk, I guess. Um, I don't know. This just kind of gets a little muddy to me, though. It very muddy to me. I didn't like the FTR Andrade thing at all in terms of that we're still going with this idea that he's now paid MJF for his guys from the pinnacle, which they don't even push that much anymore on TV. So it's very, very, very confusing as to why 
out of nowhere, like literally not only physically out of nowhere, but in terms of storyline out of nowhere, while they're suddenly back teaming with Andrade uh, against Cody Rhodes. It is very confusing. It was a fun moment between Arn and Tully. Yeah. Kind of teasing that they would go against each other. And uh, Arn with that Glock thing is still very over. But uh, <laughs> I was very, you know, I was very confused right there with you, Justin. Yeah, just money. I mean, and again, like I've come to accept and, I, and I've even I've even come to accept the rationale that people have given. Some are fans, some talent there that like, well, like even in locker rooms, everybody has a click. Everybody has their alliance usually. Um, so like I've come to accept that and I've tried and I've been able to try to keep score of, okay, here's who's with who. But it's like at some point that just that you there isn't. A, I mean, look, think about it. When when Dynamite started, remember MJF paid and brought in the Butcher and the Blade, right. and then like we abandoned that. So I, I just think like sometimes it's like all right, let's just calm down on the uh, the, the 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 Hitman for hires right. you know, deals here. <clears throat> all right, then finally we get Orange Cassidy. Of course, this is in the uh, tournament. The winner is going to face Brian Danielson. Orange Cassidy was going to be against Moxley. Of course, we've already uh, addressed Moxley uh, needs to be replaced. So Miro is the last minute replacement. Miro versus Orange Cassidy. Uh, both men have, are taped up in different parts of the body. Orange Cassidy's taped up on the ribs. Miro's going after that. Don't know if you caught this out. At one point, Jim Ross on commentary putting over Miro and how tough and how 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 bad of a man he is, and called him the Bulgarian brute. Uh, he called him. I was like, "Are we allowed to do that?" Uh, Trademarks, pal. McDivitt on line one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, if you saw that Dark Side of the Ring documentary, McDivitt doesn't play around, man. You better not piss that guy off. And JR even said, McDivitt's the guy I'm calling if I got to find some deep problems. <laughs> he did. He said it himself. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just had to write it down because I was like watching. I'm like, did he just say that? I rewinded it. He, he said that. Oh, I'm, I'm going to have to go back and watch that. <laughs> he did. Um, uh, fun falsy here, uh, kind of teasing. I actually kind of thought. I was like, they might actually pull this off. They, they tease. Mira went through the table outside, the timekeeper's table, and then they're doing the, the countout. They're actually acknowledging countout rules here. <laughs> they're doing a countout, and they make note on commentary how a countout is just as good as a pinfall. The win's a win, and Orange Cassidy would advance. And, like, they're at, like, eight, and Miro's not moving. I was like, oh, my God, this is how they're going to do it. Miro wasn't originally meant to be in this match anyways. They want to protect him, but they maybe they want Orange Cassidy to go on. So, like, I thought this was going to be the false countdown finish uh they fooled me Miro gets back in uh, and he's eventually going to hit that um i don't know what he calls it now in aw but it's that that camel clutch then he you know pulls it back into submission uh looks brutal especially after working the ribs the entire match so Miro gets the win full gear Miro versus brian danielson you here for it yeah, absolutely here for it. I love Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson on commentary as Miro was winning this match with the submission. Brian Danielson just goes, oh my gosh, like, like that's what I've got to face. So this is really great and putting him over. You're absolutely right about that count out finish because I just don't think that American wrestling style has mastered that double count out thing. It's very transparent. And the New Japan style is excellent. It's a trope in New Japan that they've been doing for decades when it comes to that double count out, probably because they have 20 seconds. So they have more time to build the drama. But that's that's what this reminded me of in terms of the referee had his hands up to count yeah. the 10 as Miro was getting in. So it really faked me out. And I thought this was one of the better versions of that. Uh, and Miro just continues to be on fire. You know, I know Brian Danielson will be heavily favored and I'd have no problem with him winning this tournament, but Miro continued to be great in those promos where he's just cutting these promos on God. He had the line of the night tonight where he said, when I look at you, when I look up at you in anger, do you look down on me in fear? He's talking about God. And it's just incredible. So uh, I love that they're doing something with Miro and taking this opportunity uh, now that obviously real life stepped in with Moxley. And this was a, a great alternative. Uh, yeah, I love the promo, too, that he did cut. Um, all of this stuff. I mean, what a night and day change from coming in as the best man. And now he's really, you know, he's God's favorite champion, even though he's not a champion at the moment. But uh, I love it. I, I'll tell you what, AEW, they, 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 they adapt on the fly. <clears throat> you know, Adam Cole even said he didn't really decide that he was going to go to AEW until just a few days before. So AEW adapts, and that's how they made the finish of, of that pay-per-view in September and everything. I, I'm going to throw my fantasy booking hat on real quick. <laughs> I would love – we're looking at a Brian Danielson versus Miro match here. Obviously, Danielson's going to be you know over like, like crazy. Uh, people want to see him win. I would love to see Miro win via help of his god. <laughs> and his wife. Oh, ho, ho. I would love for his wife to be the embodiment of, of his God and somehow cost Danielson or, or, or however you want to phrase it, help Miro. 
I think that's a perfect idea. I think if this is a show where Hangman Adam Page is going to be a babyface champion, is it the best idea to have Brian Danielson be the first challenger? I, I think Miro would be a, a great way to set that off. You know, I'm not a fan of him losing in a world title feud, but if we're having this babyface champion, come on now, a hot heel like Miro aligned and reunited with his wife would be great. I love that idea. Yeah, and but you know, and I was gonna well, earlier when we we're talking about you know, is this the time for Hangman Page? I didn't want to blow the the lid off of our last matchup, but that was also what I was thinking. It's like it's time for Page because you have some heels lined up, and I had Miro in mind. Of we know Miro is now going to go up against Brian Danielson. He could certainly beat Brian Danielson, and if you want to do it, and again, not beat Danielson clean this early on in his AEW run. Well, we win. What a great way then just to have a woman who obviously we know is naturally associated with her real life husband, and a woman who is just a heat magnet. Uh, from the fan base elk of fan that is AEW, um, I, I just I don't know. I think it's I think there's a lot of potential there. If uh, if in fact she's wanting to go to AEW or and if AEW wants her, but I think her being revealed as his god would just make a lot of sense. That'd be great because you can't pay off Miro versus God. As great as these promos have been, you know they're going to back themselves in the corner by trying to pay this thing off. Uh, so having God be manifested as his his wonderful wife would be uh, the more realistic avenue to take. Absolutely, absolutely. So there it is. That is AEW Dynamite uh, tonight. Um, again, uh, they're going to be live on Friday for Rampage in St. Louis. Uh, of course, some, you know, again, we, some notable things to look out for there as they're continuing to build to full gear. Uh, so that's that. So we appreciate everybody tuning in. Alfred, uh, where are we at in your world? I know you got a lot of things going on to Forbes. I know you have your uh, pro wrestling bits yes, on sir. YouTube. Give me the plug. Shill it on out. Pro Wrestling Bits got a new bit out right now talking about the RH releases. Maybe we can get a black wrestling promotion out of this. Uh, I'm going to also have some great interviews coming up on forums with some people who you might have heard of, uh, but I'm going to keep a lid on that for now, but very excited about what's coming down the pipe. And then there's this uh, merchandising story with The Fiend that just came out that I'm fascinated by. So if I have time, uh, I'm hopefully going to make time to talk about uh, The Fiend being inserted in WWE's uh, new merchandise tour line partnership that they have, which is very interesting news. I might have missed some of this. Give me, give me, give me, give me. Yeah, Bray Wyatt trended. Uh, they're going to come out with these uh, the miniature figures for ten ninety nine. I can't remember offhand the company that's making them, but it's John Cena is one of them. A lot of their top stars, and the Fiend is uh, one of the action figures that they're actually going <laughs> to merchandise because they do own the IP. So I just figured, like a lot of people buy this stuff. Uh, I guess they figure they don't have to quote unquote deal with uh, Bray Wyatt anymore, but they're going to make money off of him. So, <sighs> wow, and, and, yeah, and, I, and, I, and I, it's. And it's especially a wow because, you know, it's – yeah, you're right. They own they own the IP and everything. It's especially a wow because, like, Bray Wyatt or, or the man, Wyndham Rotunda, was so involved in the creative that created the imagery of The Fiend. You know, Jason Baker and Tom Savini, all these guys that are here in Pittsburgh that have done the mask and did have done did the did the, did the original filming of the Funhouse segments here in Pittsburgh. He's so involved in the creative, so it's that much more of kind of like an fu of oh yeah, we're gonna take the stuff that you really yeah you know really had a hand in. We're gonna make the money off of it. <laughs> <laughs> just i mean oh my god it's... yeah and he's the only one it's not like they've got all this fleet of released people who they're going to use there's not there's, like not, a the Ru- there's not there's not a rusev bulgarian brute no. <laughs> line coming out <laughs> no. you don't get a rusev day we don't get uh you don't get braun Strowman in the train it's like all these big stars and the fiend which tells you it really i think if i'm bray wyatt i take this as a badge of honor like man i'm still over over there like they know how much money because this is strictly financial i don't know how much trolling yeah. is going on they just know well we're gonna make a lot of money if we sell these brick for the fiend toys mm-hmm. even though we don't have them anymore i mean it is kind of a, a punch in the gut but at the same time if you're an optimist you look at that like huh, i'm still a pretty big deal good for me he yeah he can take it as like oh i'm inside of vince's head yeah um it's also interesting too because <clears throat> you know there's been a lot of speculation about like you know and he's been more active on twitter uh Bray has. I'm just going to call him Bray until he officially debuts as sure. as, as Wyndham. Uh, he's been really active about like you know he'll tell his side of the story eventually, and of course like WWE side of the story is he was part of budget cuts, and it's like this just this just makes them look that much more silly that they budget cut him, but yet they are like oh my god we're still going to put out merchandise lines. Uh, of revenue that that his character would make for us right but we had to cut him because of budgets we couldn't pay him but we'll take the revenue that he 
<laughs> it's just like, good lord. That is kind of that is kind of cool. We're not going to pay you, but we're, we'll make money off you for sure. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's, that's again. You know, we're not going to pay Braun Strowman, but we'll just we'll just go ahead and halt the whole Strowman Express thing. Right. We're not going to pay C, C, We're not going to pay CJ Perry, but we'll halt we'll halt the Lana Day shirts. But we're going to go ahead and monetize the feed. And it's just like that's some that's some serious. Uh, <laughs> Look at my flex over here. That's, that's yeah. what that is. <laughs> All right. Well, it is a it's 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 a it's a dramatic world that we live in right now. The pro wrestling world. It's fun to cover. All right. Uh, he's at. This is nasty. I'm at Justin Lombard. You can catch me next Friday morning, Channel 156, Busted Open Radio on Sirius XM with Mark Henry and Dave LaGreca. As always, make sure you uh, like, comment, subscribe. Do the thing here for the podcast. Really appreciate it. If you just tell a friend and then they tell a friend and then they tell a friend, it works really well. It, it works out. Thanks to Manscaped. Thanks to all of you for tuning in. Be safe. We'll be back next Wednesday for more AEW Dynamite Reaction. He's Alfred. I'm Justin. Good night. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working. The HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.